So right after Raul Aguirre threw the Alabama Crimson Tide hat aside in favor of the Miami hat, Hollywood Marsh on Twitter sends me a Photoshop of Mario Cristobal stuffing Nick Saban in a locker. <laughs> can we see, please, can we see that happen a few more times in this cycle? You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, including pregame and postgame for Miami Hurricanes football. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. I already know what's going to happen with this episode. Some of the very sensitive Alabama Crimson Tide fanboys who have showed up in my mentions before, they're going to read the title to the episode, but they're not going to bother to listen. And they're going to flood my my mentions with stuff like, whoa, what are you talking about, Mario? Who is this Mario? He's not on Nick Saban's level. What is Mario 1? The Pac-12? Is that even a real conference? Nick Saban wins natties. All that Nick Saban does is eat, sleep, recruit. And win natties. Mario, not on the same level. Big picture. I'd be stupid to say that Mario's on the level of Saban. Saban. Nobody's on the level of Saban. Saban is in his own class. Greatest of all time. And part of being the GOAT is being the GOAT recruiter. But at the same time, something remarkable is happening with these Miami Hurricanes and with what this staff under Mario Cristobal is doing in such a short time. Because seven months ago, we never imagined we'd be in a situation where some of the top recruits in the country, four and five-star blue chippers, are actually picking Miami over Bama. It's happened before. I hope it happens again. I think it's going to happen again once or twice in this upcoming recruiting cycle. And it's really exciting, right? Miami wants to be where Bama is right now. And the only way to get there is to start winning these recruiting battles. Miami has a top seven class right now. They could be in the top five within the next couple of weeks if certain players who are projected to pick Miami follow through and verbally commit to Miami. It's incredible. It's incredible to be seeing the Canes taking head-to-head -head wins against Saban. And the first one that I referenced was earlier this week, when we saw four-star linebacker Raul Aguirre, Popo Aguirre, he literally pushes the Alabama hat aside. He did the hat fake with the Georgia hat, threw it aside, hat fake with the Bama hat, threw it aside, and he puts on the Miami hat. A little bit of trolling, and I kind of like it. I like it when it goes my way, of course, not when it goes against me. And yeah, Raul Aguirre's final decision, by all reports, came down to Miami versus Alabama. Miami won that battle. You're not going to win all the battles, but you win as many as you can, and Miami's winning some of these. Five-star Francis Maui Goa, offensive tackle. He picked Miami over Bama and Tennessee and others. Four-star edge rusher Jaden Wayne. He was a five-star. I feel bad for the guy. He's a four-star apparently now, but he chose Miami over Alabama. Four-star wide receiver Nathaniel Ray Ray Joseph picked Miami over Alabama and others. 
Uh, so did four-star tight end Riley Williams. It's happening more and more, and it's incredible to watch. And another one that we're looking at, we're looking at a couple in the near future, Samson Okunlola, another five-star offensive tackle, third-ranked tackle in the country. He is now being projected to pick the Miami Hurricanes over the Alabama Crimson Tide. What a time to be alive. And I promised you guys Twitter Q&A from this episode, and this topic's a good segue to one of the questions that we got. Make sure you follow our show on Twitter. We are at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Uh, you can also follow my personal at Alex Dono, Dono spelled D-O-N-N-O. And anytime a question or comment pops into your head, tweet it to us, and there's a good chance, decent chance, it's going to turn up on one of our episodes. So the first question I want to get to when we talk about these head-to-head -head recruiting battles between Miami and Alabama, which is so exciting, another big one we're going to be looking at. Hank asks us, what's happening with Cormani McLean? Is he going to pick Miami? Cormani McLean, top defensive back in the class, five-star cornerback out of Lakeland High School. Um, so one thing I have been told, so don't, don't ask me, you know, is he announcing this week? Is he announcing today? I've been told repeatedly not to expect an announcement from Cormani McLean anytime soon. This could be a guy who holds out until December or even February. Like he may be making his verbal commitment the same day that he actually signs his national letter of intent, right? Which probably tells me he doesn't have his mind made up. And I, I know for a fact he doesn't have his mind made up, right? There are some players who like to announce early. You know, we're getting a lot of summer announcements, which is great. You know, we're, you know, the last two months have just been bonkers. Cristobal has not let me sleep for the last two months. Every time Miami gets a verbal commit, we like to do an emergency episode. We've done more emergency episodes than regular episodes because Miami's getting so many guys. But I, I've been told by a few different people, Cormani McLean may not be announcing anything until pretty late in the process. He could hold out until one of the two national signing days. But here's what makes it spicier, okay? I've also been told that as of right now, it's a tug of war between Miami and Alabama for Cormani McLean. And for the disappointed Gator fans, um, doesn't seem like, Florida is in his top tier right now. I know Florida just expects to get all the Lakeland kids. They've got the Lakeland pipeline. I've heard some things that that Lakeland pipeline is being damaged right now. We'll see if G5 Billy Napier can repair that Lakeland pipeline, but it's not looking so good right now. I've been told tug of war between Miami and Alabama for Cormani McLean. A couple of specific details that I was given um, I'm going to try to not go like too in depth in case there's anything like personal in here, but I was specifically told that Nick Saban has Cormani McLean sold on the idea of being a top 10 NFL draft pick that Alabama and Saban can get him there. And why not? He's got a proven track record with that. I wouldn't question that about Saban. Uh, you know, I was also told on the Miami side of things that Cormani has, you know, a, a relative of his, a family member who has a lot of influence in his life that really wants him to go to Miami. And I think that's part of the tug of war. I, 
I don't know if it's fair to characterize it this way, but it sounds like maybe Cormani personally might be slightly leaning to Bama, but other factors in his life are, are pulling him towards Miami. I certainly hope he ends up picking Miami. And for his sake, I hope he ends up picking the situation that's truly right for him, right? You know, does he want to be part of the established juggernaut or does he want to be part of building the Hurricanes into becoming a juggernaut, but uh, I was told in no uncertain terms, and this is a quote, it's going to be a fight between Miami and Alabama for, uh, it might be the top uh, recruit remaining undeclared un, un, uh, in this class, Cormani McLean. I mean, he is an excellent player, and it's going to be a fight between Miami and Alabama for this guy. Uh, so a couple of other recruiting questions that we got here. Um, let me see. Oh, this is a good one from Jimmy. He tweeted us at Locked On Canes. Who will be Miami's next verbal commit? Whew. Now, okay, if you go by players that have hard dates set, um, the next announcement on the calendar that we're all going to be waiting for with bated breath, six days from now, 20th of July, it's now the 14th of July when we're doing this episode, Jaden Bonsu, four-star safety out of New Jersey. He's trending heavily to the Miami Hurricanes. Uh, he could be the next guy to join our class. And if Jaden Bonsu, if he does, as expected, announce Miami next Wednesday, could very likely put us into a top five class at that point. Miami has the seventh ranked recruiting class in the country right at this moment. I say probably put us in the top five because I don't know who else may commit to other top five schools and boost their averages. But six days from now, Jaden Bonsu could very well put Miami into a top five class in the country if he does, as expected, announce other hard dates we have, and you guys can let me know in the comments if I skip over any here, but other hard dates coming up this month. Malik Bryant, four-star linebacker out of Orlando, uh, and Peyton Kirkland, four-star offensive tackle out of Orlando, have July 23rd announcement dates coming up. So a few days, uh, that'll be Saturday, next Saturday, a few days after the Jaden Bonsu announcement. Uh, Malik Bryant has been trending pretty heavily to Miami, and Canes fans are very excited for that possibility. And I saw on, and a lot of these guys will throw all sorts of like red herrings around on social media, but I did see everyone was talking about this. Malik Bryant put out that picture of his, uh, one of his photo ops at his Miami visit where he's wearing like a Miami Jersey and a Cape. And it's like, Oh, you look so good in Miami colors, please Malik. We need more linebackers. Come and play with Raul Aguirre. Come play with Wesley Besaint. Let, let's make linebacker you. Let's make it linebacker you again. Oh, I would love to have this player. Uh, you know, I, I would still like to have Peyton Kirkland. I know that Hurricanes fans, they've cooled on him a little bit. And I think one of the reasons why they cooled on Peyton Kirkland is, like, suddenly Miami's being linked to every tackle. And we'll talk more about a couple of these other guys that Miami's linked to. But it's like th there's a lot more urgency for Malik Bryant than there is for Peyton Kirkland. Uh, some people tell me that Malik and Peyton, who are very close, would be a package deal, that wherever one goes, the other wants to go. But other people have told me that's not the case, including Brad Tejeda, who joined us on yesterday's episode. He spoke to Peyton Kirkland within the last few days, and Brad got the impression that it's not a package deal. And for what it's worth, most of the heavy links for Malik Bryant now have him to Miami whereas most of the heavy links to Peyton Kirkland have him going to Michigan State. So they may end up not committing to the same school. So a package deal or not, we'll find out. Maybe Miami gets them both, okay? 
Uh, and then also, you've got to watch out for a couple of very important offensive tackles that we've talked about a lot on the show, who at least uh, I don't believe at this moment they have announcement dates set. But those could drop, I think, at any time. Five-star Samson Okunlola, third-ranked tackle in the class. He would definitely put Miami in the top five if he commits. And four-star offensive tackle Olaus Alinen plays in Connecticut, originally from Helsinki, Finland. They've both been trending heavily to Miami in recent days. Um, and I keep getting told for both of them, even though I don't think they have official announcement dates set, I have been told for both of them, including Samson, the announcements could come at any time. And specifically on Okunlola, um, I'm hearing he does want to make his announcement in the summer. Like he doesn't want to pull the Cormani McLean and wait till winter. He wants to make his announcement in the summer. We got a question on defensive tackles that I want to get to on the other side. And one of the big things, remember, this is a Q&A episode. One of the big things people have been commenting on and asking us about on Twitter has been about this Tropical Park proposal from the Ruiz family for Miami's own football stadium. This one is very polarizing, my friends. You know what's not polarizing? Because they're awesome. RockAuto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why would you endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? Nobody knows that. And then you wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, which you could do for yourself, let's be honest. And they choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. I encourage you to compare the prices. It's unbelievable what you find. Why would you choose at other stores to pay 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the exact same parts from that chain store or car dealership when you can save at Rock Auto? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Go and explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. And make sure you write in Locked On Canes in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Hey, which NFL stars move the betting line the most? Starting July 18th, Locked On gives you the 50 most valuable players in the NFL from the odds makers at Bet Online. Available July 18th on Locked On NFL or wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Thank you so much for making Locked On Canes your first listen today. We are available wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. The show is completely free, folks. So make sure you support us. Uh, so, uh, oh, okay, this is a good one from Jay-Z. He tweets to us about defensive tackles. He says, I'm not freaking out, but never hearing any defensive tackles mentioned in recruiting is a bit concerning. He says, maybe that could be a topic tomorrow. He wrote this yesterday, and now tomorrow is today, and it is a topic, Jay-Z. Um, I, I guess you could say maybe I've got like a mild level of concern about defensive tackle, but a couple things, a uh, few things. It's still very early in the recruiting process. And, you know, some of the uh, the defensive tackles Miami's targeting just don't have like imminent announcements, which makes it look worse than it is. Um, you know, I will remind people that Miami is in the mix 
for one of the top D linemen in the country, who's likely going to be playing defensive tackle when he comes out, and that's David Hicks. Um, now, however, with David Hicks, who plays in the state of Texas, one of the top recruits in the I think he might be the top recruit in the country at this point. Um, he does have one of those dreaded Fong balls. He's got a Wilt Fong crystal ball that points him to Texas A&M. And we know how good the Grim Reaper Steve Wilt Fong is, right? If, if, you, if you're hoping a player comes to you and he's got a, a Fong ball projecting him somewhere else, that's a wrap. That guy's the Grim Reaper. So I wouldn't hold my breath expecting David Hicks to pick Miami, but I, I think some of the Miami insiders actually think that Miami has a chance. So we'll see how that one plays out. Um, elsewhere, Miami will almost certainly land Ruben Bain, who's a Miami legacy uh, out of Miami Central. He primarily plays on the edge, but he is uh, projected to likely move inside in college because he's got the size to play defensive tackle. He can develop more into that size. So I, I do think they're going to get that one. A um, couple of other things that I look at when I roll through like the 24-7 recruiting list. Yeah, I saw in 24-7 that Miami has interest in a tackle I don't know a whole lot about named Connor Knight out of Trustville, Alabama. He's like a, a higher ranked three-star guy, but he is a three-star. Um, so I don't know a whole lot about him and he's not a very highly touted guy. But if this staff does in fact like him, I give them the benefit of the doubt because we know that Mario and his staff, uh, they, they really do a good job identifying talent when others sometimes don't. Like they identified it, they identified the talent of Emory Williams before a lot of other schools even knew about the kid. And then he became an elite 11 finalist and had a good showing at elite 11. He's a Miami committed to play quarterback. So I, I do trust this staff on that. Um, and also, like I know that this isn't a 2023 guy, but when you talk about young defensive tackles, I'm really excited for the future of a guy that we got in the transfer portal. Talking about defensive tackle, Daryl Jackson. I know he's not part of this class of 2023, but he is a younger guy. I think three years of eligibility left. And what I love so much about this guy is he's six foot six, 300 pounds. <laughs> I mean, that's a unicorn. I mean, to have somebody who's got that sort of athletic and his vertical leap is like, you know, it's like Michael Jordan level. The guy like jumps out of the building. It's crazy if you watch some of his like footage out there. So, yeah, Daryl Jackson, who I think he came from Maryland in the transfer portal, um, his upside is fantastic. And you can get somebody with his sort of girth in the interior at six foot six. He's going to be batting down balls at the line of scrimmage all day and all night. Uh, so, you know, hopefully this staff, Salavea and Miami's defensive coaches can develop this guy into a monster in the interior because he's going to be around for the next few years. You know, let's not forget Leonard Taylor is still very young. So, you know, I, I think Miami's going to be okay at defensive tackle. But that was a good question because when we talk so many recruits we talk about, we don't talk a whole lot about defensive tackle. So that's fair. Uh, this is a good question from one of our regulars, uh, VLKV. He's a rock star. He's in our mentions every day. And I know this dude watches and listens to our shows every day. So thank you. He says, so many new names, staff, and overhaul from top to bottom. What can fans actually expect to see for the important first weeks of chemistry and execution as a team? He says, I'm beyond excited, but I'm also nervous of the many elements that have come into play in unison. When is locked on fall camp, he says. Well, okay. When fall camp starts, 
Locked on Canes will basically become locked on fall camp because recruiting is going to take kind of a back seat at that point. And it's going to be full speed ahead before the season starts. As far as you know, the overhaul, because you got new coaches everywhere, new systems on both sides of the ball, installing offense and defense. Um, a lot of that has already started, which I think is great because you know, Miami, they didn't have full participation in spring football because you had certain players that were injured or coming off surgeries, but most of your important pieces were there in the spring. Um, and I know that uh, one of the things that I love about this coaching staff is they're very good teachers, right? Because um, all the reports we got about Josh Gaddis communicating his offensive philosophy, his players seem to take to that pretty quickly. Uh, Frank Ponce, the quarterback's coach, really is a stud when it comes to teaching and instructing. And yeah, probably the most important factor here to making everything click in unison would be Miami's stud quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. And with the really good spring that TVD had, like it just it reinforced my very bullish opinion on him that he's going to be probably a top five quarterback in the country this year. Because Tyler Van Dyke, um, everything about this new offense seemed to click with him almost immediately to the point where he was able to help and kind of teach other offensive teammates what was going on. And TVD had an awesome spring. You know, I know his spring game wasn't perfect, and a lot of that had to do with wide receiver drops. But overall, TVD had a great spring. He seems to be learning the new offense quickly. And... You know, the other part of it is that I love, and there's still going to be a lot more install and the grind in fall camp is going to be big. I like the fact that Miami opens up with a couple of cream puffs before the season really starts September 17th at Texas A&M. That's your third game of the year because you basically get two preseason games, two scrimmages to start the season, which I think is the ideal situation for a brand new coaching staff, right? I mean, listen, Opening weekend in college football, you like to see the marquee matchups. I mean, Miami opened up with Alabama last year. You know, they got their butts kicked, but it was a big spotlight. A few years ago, they opened up against Florida. Should have won that game, but they found a way to lose that game. Um, you know, it's nice to have the spotlight on you opening weekend, but not when you have new coaches. I think when you have new coaches, it's better to open up with Bethune-Cookman than it is to open up with the likes of the Alabama Crimson Tide. I'm fine battling Saban in recruiting, but I don't want to battle Saban's team on the field for the next couple of years. I want Miami to build uh, a little bit more before we get to that point. So I think it's going to be nice to have a couple of couple of easier games under your belt before you have to travel to College Station uh, mid-September. So I, I think that helps as well. So uh, I'm not worried, VLKV. I think that uh, I, I think Miami is going to have plenty of time to figure this out, and they're going to maximize every second of fall camp because this this coaching regime they do not waste any time. It's grind, grind, grind all day long. All right, when we come back, I want to read a couple of critical and for the most part fair comments about the Tropical Park Stadium proposal. So you want to hear that. Keep it locked here to Locked on Canes. And make sure you keep Built Bars locked into your life. From the people who invented healthy and tasty comes the latest gift to your taste buds. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar. But guess what? Your friends at Built have given Coconut Brownie Chunk the puffs treatment. Coconut Brownie Chunk Built Bar, the flavor you love, is now in a deliciously chewy marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. It's like a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness 
Stop drooling, though, and listen. They're good for you as well. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and 100% delicious. And that's the best part about Built Puffs is they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free because they're actually good for you. They are the perfect treat. I eat them for breakfast and sometimes for a mid-afternoon snack as well. Perfect for when you've got a craving, you need to satisfy your sweet tooth, or if you need a quick, healthy snack. They're an excellent source of protein as well. Delicious coconut, rich, sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing and go to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk puffs right now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo LOCKED15. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. On Tuesday, it was Monday night, Tuesday morning, um, Johnny Ruiz, son of John Ruiz, dropped the the artist renderings of their Tropical Park Stadium proposal. They want to help the University of Miami get their own football stadium in Tropical Park, which is off Bird Road, a few miles away from campus, it's a lot closer to campus than Hard Rock Stadium. And from it was it was a photo from above. Well, photo was a, an illustration from above where you don't see a whole lot of what the stadium actually would look like, but it does resemble the orange bowl, right? It's got that shape. It's got the one of the open end zones. So it's like, they want to build orange bowl 2.0. This is a very polarizing idea because a lot of you just don't see a need to leave hard rock stadium. Let me read a couple of these comments. Uh, our pal don't buy Bluth says enough with the tropical park nonsense not going to convince any extra students to attend, and it isolates the Broward fans, he says. I don't get what's so wrong with having a world-class Super Bowl-hosting stadium to play in, talking about hard rock. He's right about the student part. Um, Miami's got a very small student body anyway. Um, you know, I when I was a student at the U, the Orange Bowl was still there, and I went to basically every game. And, yeah, for most of those, the student section wasn't full. Like, outside of Florida State – uh, maybe a couple of other marquee games. The student section, which wasn't very big to begin with, was rarely ever full. I understand the student. I think it's more about the community. Like Miami football, it's more about the community than it is about the student body. The student body is international and it's not very big to begin with. So it is more about the community. I think what they have to figure out when university officials and the Ruiz family who want to back this, when they decide if they really need to do this, if they really need to build their own stadium somewhere closer to campus, I think the deciding factors will be money is number one. It always comes back to money. Okay. And yet it would be very expensive to build, of course. So you would have to, you know, you'd have to be in the red for a while after you construct it. But at Hard Rock Stadium, they do pay rent to Stephen Ross, right? It's not, and you know, they don't get all of the revenue because they have to share that with the Dolphins who own the stadium. So they have to figure out, is it does it make sense financially to maximize your own revenue by having a stadium that you're not renting from the Miami Dolphins? Uh, that's a big one. I'm sure they have economists and they've got mathematicians and consultants who are crunching the numbers on that. I'm sure that they have some people that see the numbers one way, other people see the numbers the other way, but that's number one. And then number two is, I think they've got to figure out um, – is this going to be super beneficial to recruiting? They're crushing it recruiting right now without a stadium, which is worth noting. But 
you know, it's it's one of those cle- and I don't know how you measure this, okay? Uh, but it's one of those cliches out there. People always say it's a big advantage in recruiting if you have your own stadium. Now, usually that means on-campus stadium. This wouldn't be on campus, but it would be closer to campus with having your own specific stadium, which has University of Miami logos all over it, right? Because at Hard Rock Stadium, they have to put like uh, like a like a tarp over the Dolphins' ring of honor to put the Hurricanes' ring of honor. And you know, you have that weird neutral end zone painting. So it's like, it's not really, it doesn't really feel like your stadium. So how big of a benefit do you get from that? That's something that they have to consider. So um, it would obviously, it would not be fun for the Broward fans and the Palm Beach based fans to have to drive that much further and that much of a highly dense area. But I think that's one of the things that they're considering, um, you know, and, and when they talk about the parking spaces, they're saying there's going to be at 16 parking, 16,000, 16 parking spaces wouldn't be good. 16,000 parking spaces around the stadium and even under the stadium. And Mike says, no way I would ever park under a stadium. Just saying. Well, I don't know if he's worried about like the, the structural integrity. Um, you know, the Ruiz family, I trust them because it's go big or go home for them. So I'm, I'm sure that they would have the best, they would have the best possible uh, designs for all this stuff. But yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if parking would be the biggest problem or just getting there because Bird Road and the 826, you know, it's, it's a nightmare. And even, even most of the games being on Saturdays and like not being during rush hour traffic. Uh, with a lot of people coming in and out of there, it would be difficult. It would be a challenge. So let us know. You can tweet us day or night at Locked On Canes, and we will follow you back. We will talk to you guys again next time. Hey, make sure you make Locked On ACC your second listen every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the ACC in 30 minutes. Make Locked On ACC your second listen. Thank you for making us your first. And we will talk to you again tomorrow. Big recruiting episode with our pal John Garcia, Director of Football Recruiting from Sports Illustrated. He will join us tomorrow on another Locked On Canes. We are part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.